Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Today, I really felt like the Lord was pointing me to hope for eternity. Not just hope in this moment, but hope for the eternal life that is promised. And if you grew up in church, maybe this has been a focus. Maybe it hasn't. I don't know. Uh, A lot of the church has like this either or thing when it comes to the eternal life. We think, oh, it's all about praying a prayer to get to heaven. Or there's another camp that's like, it's all about bringing heaven to earth. And I'd like to submit to you that it is both. It is absolutely both. We need to have the eternal perspective, but we also need to experience eternity now. We need to have both. Say both. And it's actually comes out of the, the moment of the angels declaring, uh, and for me, this was my process, the angels declaring the coming of Christ to the shepherds. All right, I've been where they think that happened. It's awesome. The air is still electric, just so you know. You should go to Israel with me. You still, like, feel it. I don't know. Anyway, it's powerful. And all these angels show up, and they announce the coming of Christ, the birth of Christ to the shepherds. And then they say, glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men, Luke 2, 14. And you've probably heard that, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. It's good. Both are good. But I love the way this says, a good hope given to the sons of men, because that's God's will. But in this verse, in this announcement, there are layers, all right? How many of you would admit that you have more to learn about your favorite verse in the Bible? Okay, all right, good. Almost 100% of the hands. We're doing good. We're maturing. Yeah, we have more to learn in these things. There's depths to the scriptures that we haven't touched, amen? Every word is deep, wide, high, all that, and we need it. And there's tension in this verse that I don't think we've given credit to yet. I haven't heard it talked on. Uh, That's just me. I'm not saying it It hasn't been spoken on, but I think we need it as a church. We need it, okay? Because I want to know, really, what would it look like to live from the hope for eternity while experiencing the heavenly realm right now? Both. Both. So I'm going to give you two things, okay? And then we're going to talk about it all day. Number one, we need to operate from a holy dissatisfaction right now, always knowing there is more for right now. That's peace on earth. Angels show up. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. A good will, a good hope for the sons of men. Here's number two. Because of that good hope, we endure anything and everything that life can muster because we have an eternal joy waiting for us. We need to live in the tension of that. It's a divine dilemma caught between the two. Paul said this. He said, I'm perplexed. I'd, I'd rather be with the Lord, but if I'm here, it's for you. But I'd much rather be with that. But I know that if I do that, it won't mean fruit for you. So I'm, I want to be here. I'm torn between the two things. The Passion Translation literally says it's a divine dilemma. There's one dilemma that's divine, and it's living in the tension of from eternity, but experiencing eternal life now. Jesus said in John 6 that anyone who believes in the Son has eternal life right now. But we know that there, we only see in part. Amen? And we know in part. Amen? So... No matter how well you see, you only see a part. (laughs) No matter how much you know, you only know a part. You might know everything about that part, but you only know a part. Okay? This This is an act of humility. It is. But we need to be balanced in our approach to the Lord, the Word, the people around us. And in order to be balanced, we have to walk what I call the tightrope of truth. 
okay? If you have a tightrope, if you imagine that in your mind, I've spoken on this many times, if it's from like one side of a chasm to another, what would happen if you're walking that thing and you lose the tension? It goes slack. What would happen? You're falling. You're, you're becoming unbalanced. But if you keep the tension, you actually have the opportunity to walk it out. But without that tension, we actually lose balance. And I'm afraid the church has become unbalanced because we're afraid of tension. We have a, we're tension averse. We're like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to preach that passage. I don't want to read that part of my Bible. White it out in my mind because that doesn't agree with my theology that I preached last week. Oh, no. Yeah, your Bible, your Bible will challenge your theology if you read it long enough. Okay, just keep reading, I promise. Keep reading with your brain on it. It'll challenge you. So to be balanced, we have to walk the tightrope of truth. All truth is held in tension, and we need to be intentional about truth. Amen? I'm not being cute. trying to make it stick. All right? So we are the children of God right now. Amen? But that is not the end of our good hope. That's not the end of our good hope. No matter how good it gets right now, it will only get better in eternity. Now, what I want you to understand is I'm not taken away from the good of, of today, okay? I love this. I love being here with you. I love learning the, the truth of God. First Friday worship on Friday, oh my gosh. It, I laid down right over there, and seriously, for about five minutes, I couldn't tell where I was, if I was in this room or in heavenly places. It just sounded and smelt like and felt like heaven, okay? It just did. I was just like, I think I've died and gone to heaven. I'm not opening my eyes because I don't want to be wrong, you know, and I'm just, it was amazing. I love that stuff. It's like pressing your face against the veil of eternity and peering in as best you can. That's awesome. I'm not taking away from the now, but the now will never be what it's going to be. I'm not degrading or downgrading what we're experiencing. I'm putting it in the right perspective, okay? I want to read you Romans 8, 23 through 25. Actually, I'm going to do something different. Sorry, tech team. I'm going to jump to Romans 8.14 first and then come back to that one. So switch them around. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Stop right there. We have received it. Amen? It's already happened. Amen? All right, let's jump down to verse 23. Romans 8.23 through 25 says, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait for, we wait eagerly for adoption as sons. What? Hold on. Just a few verses ago, he said, you have received adoption. You've been adopted. You call him Abba, Father. That's Papa, Daddy, God, right? We have that intimate relationship, and we're waiting for adoption. The tightrope of truth, peace on earth, and a good hope given to the sons of men, both. Are you following me? It says, as we wait eagerly for adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. Hello? Come on, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Hope that is seen is not hope. I hope I get an iPad for Christmas. Oh, I hope. That's not hope. That's silly. Like, I have one, okay? You know, hope that is seen is not hope. I can't hope for an iPad. I have one. I could hope for a better one. That's not a hint. I'm just saying. <laughs> I have to say these things because people start. Anyway, like, oh, I need to get. Yeah, no. 
That wasn't the Lord. That was just your good heart. It's fine. I'm okay. All right. <laughs> that stuff just starts showing up, okay? Like I talked about food once, the Taco Bell online, like eating Taco Bell. I was making a joke, like I'm on that Taco Bell budget. And I started getting cash shaft for Tijuana Flats. No joke. I started, people started cash shafting me saying, a man of God shouldn't eat Taco Bell. You should go to Tijuana. I literally started getting cash shaft. I'm like, it was a joke. I kind of like Taco Bell. Like, whatever. Anyway, that's, you got to hold back the favor. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like to be a son of God. That's what it looks like to be living with peace on earth. Okay, I have been adopted. My dad owns it all. That's who I am right now. I'm not taking away from that. But I am eagerly waiting for my adoption as a son. For in this hope I was saved. And hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. What's going on here? What meaneth this? Let's read 1 John chapter 3, 1 through 3. It's beautiful. I think this ties a bow on the concept. It says, I love this in the Passion Translation. It says, look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is that they didn't recognize him. Beloved, we are God's children right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become. But we do know that when it is, fi when it is finally made visible, we will be like him. For we will see him as he truly is. And all who focus their hope on him will always be purifying themselves just as Jesus is pure. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought I was redeemed. I thought I was sanctified. I thought I was one with God. I thought I was pure. Yeah, even gold is refined by fire. Keep on walking in the purity that you were given as a gift. Why? Because there's more coming. Even right now, I believe, conservative estimate here, 50% of the church is leaving about 90% of their blessing on the table. Okay, like not living in the power and, and favor and righteousness of God because they don't even have a paradigm for it. They don't even believe it's possible. Okay, so I'd put us in the camp that's more like focused on the now than on eternity as a church. And I think we need to balance that. All right, but I'm not taking away from the fact that you need to tap into all of heaven's resources for today. Like speak to the mountain and watch it move. Like there, that's true that anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I do. John 14, 12, and even greater things will he do because I go to the Father. Jesus said that. He said, you'll do exactly what I did and better. Like, we need to tap into that. Most of the church is not. I'm not taking away from that. That's peace on earth. Heaven coming to earth. Amen? Amen? But it's not just peace on earth. It's also a good hope given to the sons of men. Because there's actually a full salvation yet to be revealed, the Bible says. Yeah, and I'm not saying... Your salvation isn't adequate. Again, you need to live in the tension of this stuff, okay? The tension of this. Let's read 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9. You're going to get a lot of Bible today. You came to church. You came to this church. You're going to get a lot of Bible, all right? That's just the way it is, all right? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 9. It says, celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown us his extravagant mercy. For his fountain of mercy has given us a new life. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. We are reborn into a perfect inheritance that can never perish, never be defiled, and never diminish. It is promised. It is promised. 
and preserved forever in the heavenly realm for you. Over there. Peace on earth. Now we're getting into the good hope. Through our faith, the mighty power of God constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. What? What are you talking about, Pete? What do you mean? I thought I was saying, yes. Yes. And there's more coming. There's always more. There's more right now, and there's more then. May the thought of this cause you to jump for joy, even though lately you've had to put up with the grief of many trials. But these only reveal the sterling core of your faith, which is far more valuable than gold that perishes, for even gold is refined by fire. I'm not taking away the fact that you're golden brown, okay? You're golden, absolutely beautiful. The, some people talk like this, and they're saying, we're wretched, worthless, ragged, awful, and one day when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. But until then, I suck. No, I'm not putting us there. That's the perspective of many right there who talk like this. It's not that, and it's not the other thing. that We're just getting heaven to earth. We're just getting heaven to earth. No, 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 no. Both. You need to live in the tension of this. It's good for you. It will keep you balanced. For even gold is refined by fire. It doesn't make you less gold to be refined. Okay. Your authentic faith will result in even more praise, glory, and honor when Jesus, the anointed one, is revealed. Did you hear that? The revealing of your authentic faith through trials right now will result in more praise and honor and glory for Jesus when he's revealed. There's a leverage point for your pain and your trials. It's to give him more glory, honor, and praise in the eternal realm. I think that's valuable. I hope you do too. <laughs> it says you love him passionately, although you have not seen him. But through believing in him, you are saturated with an ecstatic joy. And this is peace on earth. Indescribably sublimed and immersed in glory. For you are reaping the harvest of your faith. The full salvation promised you your soul's victory. Are you hearing this? <laughs> you are reaping the full salvation that hasn't been revealed and it will be. Your soul's victory. You have it, and it's coming. Both. Yeah, this is going to be one of those, like, you walk away scratching your head a little bit. Just, you know, I'm going to give you better questions. Good teachers give you better questions. They don't answer all of yours. They give you better. They upgrade your question. That's my job. So, no matter how good it gets, it's only going to get better now and forevermore. Amen? You should expect better tomorrow. You should expect better on Tuesday. You should expect to go from glory to bummer to glory to bummer to glory. No, from glory to help me, glory, right? An unfading, ever-increasing glory is what your life expectation should be, but it will never accomplish what is prepared for us in the eternal realm. And that is the very thing you're harvesting now by going from glory to glory. It's not mountain to valley. It's your mountains become the new valley. Get this. You go from glory to glory. It feels like a valley season. Well, you're just on a new mountain. You see another peak, and it becomes the valley. Your mountain becomes the next valley. You don't go down. It's because you keep looking up that it feels like a valley because you're ever increasing. Okay. That's peace on earth. I don't have time for any of that. But it's only going to get better. And second point, we can go through anything 
any difficulty with the hope of eternity in our hearts. We can go through it well right now. No matter how difficult life gets, we can live from the hope of eternity that goes beyond this life. Don't take away from the peace on earth, but don't ignore the good hope. Are you with me? Okay, good. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19 through 22. He said, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Whereas by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you think it's all about now, if you think it's your, no, I don't want to say it. If you think, if your focus is only on the now and what is your best life now and all that stuff, like that is missing a huge part of this tension of truth, okay? You need to get your eyes off of the moments sometimes, especially the difficult ones, and get them on eternity, living from the eternal perspective. And here's, I'll tell you right now whether you're doing well in this or not. Are you afraid to die? That's the question. Nobody answered. The question you'd ask yourself, am I afraid of death? If you have a fear of death, you're not living from an eternal perspective. You're just not. I'm just I'm sorry. I love you. I love you too much to pull punches, okay? If you have a fear of death for any reason, Megatron, Omicron, any of them, if you have a, sorry, shouldn't have done it. <laughs> If you have any type of fear of death, meaning that's the ultimate fear of your heart, you need to do some business with God. We love misquoting the Bible and calling it an authority. We love that in the church, like this one. They overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, period, not the scriptures. That's not what it says. Yeah, it does. Uh uh. There's a comma. It's one of my favorite things to say. The comma means keep on reading. They conquered him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives unto death. Some of you love your life a little too much. you got a great life. I'm not taking away from the gold that's there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Like, it's not that you should hate this life and be begrudging and false humility and all that stuff. I'm just saying, love not your awesome life unto death. we got to keep reading. It's not even the end of the sentence, much less the end of the verse. <laughs> The blood of the Lamb, the word of the testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. Paul said it, Philippians 1. I'm just going to read the last verse, verse 21. It says, whether by life or by death, for to me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. At the very end of that passage. Okay, I don't have time to go through the whole thing. It says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. If you die, you win. You can't threaten me with heaven. You cannot threaten me with eternal realm, totally unveiled and manifested. You just can't. You just can't. I have had a gun in my face by a very angry, angry Shiite Muslim man in Turkey where if it went down, nobody would have found me, okay? It was a bad spot. Didn't even phase me. Didn't even blip. Not because I was exercising my faith or putting into spiritual principles. I was just like, oh, good, Jesus. I'm going to see him just a second. <laughs> Literally, like, you're like, you're crazy. To live is Christ. To die is gain. If I die, I win. What about my family? Where's your faith? Isn't God the father of all? Can't he take care of your, your wife, your kids, your husband, your whatever? Is he a better provider than you? Mm-hmm. 
To live is Christ. To die is gain. I die, I win. Can't threaten me with a throne room, man. Just can't. Do me a favor. <laughs> I'm just saying. The tension of that truth is I'm not running headlong into martyrdom. There's a day to be born, a day to die. I'm not looking for death. Are you following me? I love being on airplanes with people who are nervous about the airplane thing. I love it because I always, I get near them somehow. It's like this tractor beam. We sit together. I don't know. And I love talking to them because they're nervous. They're like worried about the plane going down. And I'm like, hey, listen, you're in the safest place you could ever be because it's not my day to die. There's a day to be born, a day to die. I know for sure. I've got an assignment on the end of this, the runway in the other place. We're going to get there. I promise you. You're going to be fine. It doesn't always help because they're like, you're whoop, you're gone, you know? <laughs> and then I love it because it sparks a conversation like, really? I'm like, yeah, I know I'm not dying today. They're like, how? I'm like, to live is Christ, to die is gain. <laughs> My reward is not for me in this moment. I, I know. I'm storing up more treasure in heaven. They're like, what are you talking about? Why do you think that way? I'm so glad you asked. my favorite. Listen to 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. It says, in the midst of trial, in the midst of all the stuff Paul was going through, he said, so no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. I'm trying to help you today. Are you ready? Whatever your problem is, no matter how big it is, it's a slight, short-lived trouble in the light of eternity. I'm not, I'm not doing what a lot of people do, spiritual bypassing, just have faith. Oh, it's not that big a deal. Stop crying. Get over it. No, I'm not doing that. I'm saying with the right perspective, you'll go through that a lot better. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comparison. Did you hear that? The difficulties actually produce something in the eternal realm. Because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. We say it this way in, at the rest of the place. Eyes off the problem, eyes on the promise. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. So if you're seeing an issue, you're seeing a financial strain, you're seeing, you name it, it's temporary. It ain't eternal. I hope this encourages you. You're like, but it feels really big. I know. Because you have a finite perspective. And you need an infinite one. You need to be thinking from eternity. I know. Life's hard sometimes. I've been through difficulties. I've had hardship in my life. Real hardship. Like, on the side of the road, had to call somebody to pick me up because I couldn't stop weeping hardship. Okay? That's real. But it was a short-lived, slight and momentary trouble in the light of eternity. It doesn't feel that way in the moment, I know. But this is how you have hope. you got to have the eternal perspective of hope. I'm supposed to be seeing the blessings of God in my life. I'm not seeing my prayers answered. Okay, I understand. Contend for that, but live from there. Don't say, oh, it's just... When I get to heaven, it'll all be answered. No, no, no. Pull on heaven. Bring heaven to earth. But live from the knowing that you are going to be in eternity with God forever. Forever. 
And that eternal hope, that security is only found in the person of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. That's the only way you can be like that. That's the only thing. I had a pastor once who told a story about um, he had a dear Jewish friend. He has a, a Jewish friend. And they would get coffee and talk about, you know, the scriptures and, you know, all that stuff. And they uh, were on very different sides of the argument. But the thing that really kind of sparked a whole new conversation was the discussion over death. And the Jewish man just had the perspective that nobody dies well. It's like, I've never seen a single person die well. He's like, you ever seen a Christian die? He goes, nope. He says, I'm telling you, they die well. It's like, I've been there plenty of times. This is a pastor who's been in it for a while. He's like, I've been there plenty of times, and it's beautiful. Did you know that the Bible says, I don't have the address, it says, precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. I think we love our lives a little too much. I'm not taking away from the loveliness of your life. I'm just saying, put it in the right perspective. Live in this tension. Precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. Oh, it's a party when I go. <laughs> Y'all best be partying when I go. It could be in the next five seconds. I don't care. Are you with me? Do you hear the hope? And I'm not being weird like, oh, yeah, martyr me now. You know, I'm not being weird like that. It's not, it's not how it works, you know? Not self-prescribed martyrdom, you know? There's some people who, who live that way. They're looking for it. I'm not. I'm just saying when it comes, I'm ready. There's tension in the room and in that truth, and it's good. Gigi, would you come play? I want you to stay seated for just a minute. I want you, I'm going to read to you um, the first 18 verses of the Gospel of John. I'm going to read in the Passion Translation. This just solidifies for me that this hope is only found in Jesus. So I want you to, you can watch on the screens if you want, but I'd rather you just really soak this in. So if you can, close your eyes. I'm a visual learner, so I'd have to be watching it, so I get it. But if you can just close your eyes and hear these words or open your eyes and hear them, that's fine. I want you to really hear this. This is what the Gospel of John says, verse 1 through 18. It says, in the beginning, the living expression was already there. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together face to face in the very beginning. And through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things, for nothing has existence apart from him. A fountain of life was in him, for his life is the light for all humanity. And this light never fails to shine through darkness, light that darkness could not overcome. Suddenly a man appeared who was sent from God, a messenger named John. He came as a witness to point the way to the light of life and to help everyone believe. John was not that light, but he came to show who is. For he was merely a messenger to speak the truth about the light. For the perfect light of truth was coming into the world to shine upon everyone. He entered into the world he created, yet the world was unaware he came to the people he created, to those who should have received him, but they did not recognize him. But those who embraced him and took hold of his name, he gave authority to become the children of God. 
Those who embraced him and took hold of his name, he gave the authority to become the children of God. He was not born by the joining of human parents or from natural means or by a man's desire, but he was born of God. And so the living expression became a man and lived among us. We gazed upon his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, overflowing with tender mercy and truth. John announced the truth about him when he taught the people, he's the one, he's the one I've been telling you would come after me, even though he ranks far above me because he existed before I was even born. And from the overflow of his fullness, we received grace heaped upon more grace. Moses gave us the law, but Jesus, the anointed one, unveils truth wrapped in tender mercy. No one ever before gazed upon the full splendor of God, except his uniquely beloved son, who is cherished by the father and held close to his heart. Now that he has come to us, he has unfolded the full explanation of who God truly is. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.